Oh, yeah, there's a trade. We talked about it yesterday, but it's happened. Pascal Siakam is off to the Indiana Pacers. We'll break down what it means. Is it as big of a deal as you think it is? I guess we're going to find out. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and can you go and peel an orange for me? I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter, as always, at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. You're going to double bang this one. I know you are. You're going to go listen to the audio. You're going to watch the video. You're going to thumb it up. You're going to leave a comment. You're going to subscribe. And you hit the notification bell. This is your amuse-bouche for the Trade Deadline Show coming live Thursday, February the 8th, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. It's a trade. It happened. We got the, uh, we got the news that uh, I woke up just sitting down. So my schedule is going to be off today because normally at this point, you'd be hearing a waiver wire show. Then you'd get a daily look-ahead show. Then you get a pregame show. But we've got to do a new one because there's a trade here. Just as I was sitting down to get ready for the waiver wire show, this happened. So I don't know that we're going to get a pregame show today. In fact, we probably won't. So just be aware of that because of just this shit that went down. Obviously here in this trade, but before I do talk about that, just quickly, some terrible news in the NBA. The You've heard that the Golden State Warriors-Utah Jazz game for Wednesday has been postponed because Warriors uh, assistant coach Dejan or Dejan Milosevic, Milosevic sorry, um, has passed away, uh, sadly, which is obviously sad. It's terrible news. I have seen some people saying, well, who, like, who cares? Like an assistant coach went to hospital while they postponed a game. Obviously, that's an asshole take to begin with, but that's fine. But I don't think people understand the significance of that. Just imagine you are at a work function. You're sitting there um, with your co-workers, you're having dinner, and one of them has a heart attack next to you at the table and then dies. Like, that's what happened, really, in this situation. And people go, well, it's an assistant coach. Can't they just go and play the next game? It is your co-worker. You were with him this whole time. And this man has gone, rushed straight to hospital and has passed away. I just don't think it's mentally fair on that team to be like, all right, now you guys in less than 24 hours go out and play the game. Now, I know when people made those comments, they didn't know that the man had passed away, but the fact that it was that serious and the way that it was worded suggested that it was he was pretty close to that sort of a scenario. And that's just what happened. Like a coworker has had a serious medical incident while you're all together sitting there. Like that is traumatic. And within 24 hours, you're not going to play a game. Like that's just not going to happen. So... Um, I think obviously the postponement is the only um, correct decision. Now you'll find out what is the fantasy ramifications of this. And the answer is I've got no idea because I don't know when they'll reschedule this game. Might it be in the fantasy playoffs? Sure. Might it not be? Also sure. And I don't know. And when we do find out, we can speculate on that then. No point getting worked up. But well, I've lost the game here and I'm going to get an extra one. Don't worry about it. You've got, there are bigger things in the world that mean more than that. And if you get one extra game from a Jazz player or a Warriors player in the fantasy playoffs, so be it. When it happens, we'll figure it out. You and me have literally no control over it. So don't even worry about it. When it happens, it happens. It's all good. So again, prayers out to the Warriors, players, staff, um, families, uh, Dejan's family as well. 
like shocking. Like the, the man's 46, right? It's the same age as me, base. I'm not 46. I'm not far off it. That's uh, shit house. So we hope that he's okay. No, we, no, we don't. We don't hope he's sick because we know that he has passed away. We hope that his family, his friends, his co-workers are all going to be able to process this uh, appropriately and um, to the best that they can. It's, it's shocking news. And just, again, put yourself in that spot of what would happen and how you would react if you're sitting next to a bloke and then that happens. Not, not great, not great. Now, that sad news is done. Let's, um, it's not, again, that sounds really heartless. It's not done, but in terms of where we're, what we're covering here in the podcast, it is. There was a trade. So what happened? Pascal Siakam did move, finally. Um, weird end to his tenure in Toronto, I guess. All this posturing of he's never going to sign a rotation or a contract anywhere else. It's only going to be in Toronto. Don't bother trading for him. And then he's traded to Indiana. He's like, yeah, I can't wait to work out a, a contract extension with these guys and be ready to go. Okay, cool. Thanks, Pascal. That's awesome um, for you to tell us that. Because now you are in um, now you are in um, Indiana. Let's just talk about what actually happened. Pascal Siakam goes to the Indiana Pacers. They send out Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara, and three first round picks. They also send out Kyra Lewis Jr. And you go, they don't have Kyra Lewis Jr., Joshua. They do because in a separate trade that had to be processed first, Kyra Lewis was traded along with a second-round pick to the Pelicans, or sorry, from the Pelicans to the Pacers. Now, I've always, I've said all along that I think the most two likely most players, two most likely players to be traded were um, Dejounte Murray and D'Angelo Russell, but. That was remiss of me because it was 100% guaranteed that Kyra Lewis was being traded because the Pelicans were like a million dollars or over the luxury tax and moving off of Kyra Lewis would put them under the luxury tax and they weren't going to pay the luxury tax. So Kyra is gone and they gave up a second round pick in order to dump him. They get nothing back in return. They'll probably get something back like a draft consideration or a future top 55 second round pick, a fake pick, just nothing. Paces basically just said, we'll take him on, give us the second as a part of it. And we'll take him on, and then he's going to get sent out over here to Toronto as part of this deal. The Pacers then had to waive uh, Jim Johnson, so he can't make us proud anymore. He's out of the NBA. So we get Siakam going into Toronto, Bruce Brown, Jordan Warrock, Kyra Lewis, and three first-round picks, which aren't going to be particularly strong ones. Um, some of them might end up, you know, you can always get good options and good players. We're not talking um, necessarily lottery picks or anything Along those lines, let's just have a look exactly what those picks are. They're sending their own 2026 first rounder in the deal as well, plus a 2024, um, two 2024 first rounders, which I believe will both be in the 20s. So two picks in the 20s for this year's draft, and then one in 2026, which if they've got um, Siakam on their team, then yeah, probably hoping that that pick is a late one as well. So it might be three picks in the 20s, but that 2026 one, who knows? The 2024 ones, we think they're probably going to be in the 20s or outside the lottery anyway. So that's what um, that's what the Pacers end up getting back in this deal. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. But it's not only that, it's the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's you against numbers. It's not you against other play people. It's not you against thousands of people. It's not you against pros and sharks and spreadsheets and all of that sort of stuff. It is you battling against the projections. They put them up for points or rebounds or steals or threes or whatever, and you just say more or less. And you combine two, or si- two to six of those, between two to six of those, into a single entry, and you can win up to 25 times your money back. Very simple. You put 10 bucks in. 
you get your little six over um, numbers, your, your more or lesses and your points or threes or whatever, put them together and you get your 10 bucks. And if you get them all right, you turn them into 250. It's fast. They've got the injury insurance reboot policy. So if someone gets hurt in the first half and they don't come back in the second, well, that play just gets rebooted. You don't take an Allen. That's the only daily fantasy sports platform that offers injury insurance. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn, the start of the new year, 2024, small businesses. Everyone's looking to improve. We want to do better. What are our new goals for the year? Well, one of the ways that you can achieve your goals is through hiring and getting the right staff into your company to do the job because small businesses, that's one of the things that is key to having any sort of success. And if you're um, doing it wrong, well, you're going to be in trouble. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals. That's with a B. And it makes it the best place for you to hire. Hire is easy when you've got so many quality candidates there. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses say that they get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats. So you might not have the time or the resources to do your hiring efficiently and correctly. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That is linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA today to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so we can talk now about the... We don't need to, we've talked about it already, but we'll talk now about this the, the Pacers side of that. Again, that's what... Well, I'm going to talk about how that all works. But my initial thought here is that it's a pretty easy sort of situation of, of what goes on here. Bruce Bruce Brown is out. He was starting. So he's not there anymore. Um, Jalen Smith was starting. He won't start anymore. So uh, Pascal Siakam starts in place of Jalen Smith. The question's now going to be is who starts um, in place of Bruce Brown? Because it's not as simple as... It's not just as simple as, you know, we've got one clear guy who's come back in the trade who's going to um, jump in in that position. And we know that Rick Carlisle's rotations are are pretty whack. And it's complicated further by the Tyrese Halliburton absence. So at the moment, Nempard is starting a point guard. Now, you could make an argument. They start McConnell at point guard and Nempard at shooting guard. I don't think they'll do that. I think it'll be Nempard at point guard and then you'll get Buddy Heald or Benedict Matherin at the two. So both of those guys at least get a short-term bump. But when Halliburton returns, maybe it is Halliburton and Nempide that starts, and then we're still in that situation of Carlisle having a million different options that he can use. What I do think it does do is it really helps solidify Aaron Neesmith as the starting three. His defensive ability there takes away a bit of that, what Bruce Brown was doing, and there is some real value in having Neesmith there. We'll talk more about the valuations in a second, but let's just go through the other side of the trade, and that is the Toronto side of the trade. Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara, and Kyra Lewis have the unfortunate circumstance of having to now move to Canada. So they move up to Toronto. The Raptors also get those three first-round picks that we detailed, so two in 2024, and they get um, the one in 2026. So they didn't get any firsts in the OG and Anobi trade, but they got Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett there. And now they add in three more first-round picks, including two this season. So there is some talk that Bruce Brown, the Shark, might be rerouted somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out whether that is actually the case. And then when that does happen, we reassess what we do. I think the Toronto side of this, from a fantasy perspective, is relatively easy. All of all that they lose out of this is Pascal Siakam. That's that's it. They still they will have to waive someone, I believe, to fit these more Brown and Lewis under the roster. I would expect that it's Garrett Temple, but I don't know. 
Maybe they just wave Kyra Lewis. That's possible as well. So one of those guys will be off the roster is the assumption there. But I think it's a relatively easy thing what happens here with Toronto. I think, and I could be very wrong on this, but I would expect that Siakam is out and Bruce Brown replaces him. That's it. Now, Siakam was playing 36 a night. Brown probably doesn't play that. So maybe it's three extra minutes to go. And that's not to get into the minutiae of rates and assists and usage and all that sort of stuff. But I think in terms of the starting lineup, it is, will be Brown in for Siakam. Now, it could be Schroeder in for Siakam. It could be Gary Trent in for Siakam. But I don't think it will be. I think it'll be Brown in there. And what that also may do is alleviate some of the pressure that has been placed onto uh, Scotty Barnes defensively. We talked about Barnes in the buy-low show, and that might end up being a back, actually unbelievable buy-low if, if this does happen. And it takes Barnes away from being the primary defender, meaning that he can hang back, more rebounds go up, um, and usage should jump as well without, without Pascal there. So in terms of rotation-wise, I do think it'll be almost a clean straight swap of Brown in for Siakam. But again... It could be Schroeder. I wouldn't think you'd want Schroeder and Quickly together in the backcourt. I don't know. I don't know that you want Trent and Quickly out there. I don't think that's a good combination. Defensively, that sucks. I, I think you want Brown out there. But if they don't want Bruce Brown and they're going to reroute him, then maybe they don't prioritize him. I don't know. But one thing I do feel relatively confident about is that it's not going to be Chris Boucher. I've been bananaed in the tailpipe with this guy so many times, and that sounds like a kinky sex move, and maybe it is. But we saw a game on the weekend. There was no Jakob Pertl. There was no Pascal Siakam. And old mate Chris Boucher played like 14 minutes. They just didn't play him at all. There were some people who think that they'll start Jonte Porter now next to Jakob Pertl. I don't think that'll be the case. I just think Scotty Barnes will be the four. RJ Barrett will be the three. And Bruce Brown will be the two. Or Gary Trent is the two. Or Dennis Schroeder is the two. I don't think Thad Young will be the four. I don't think Chris Boucher will be the four. I don't think Jordan uh, Jonte Porter will be the four. I don't think Jalen McDaniels will be the four. I don't think Otto Porter will be the four. Although any of that, th- any of those things, well, it won't be that young. Any of those things can happen, but I don't think they will. That's how I think it'll happen is that you put Barnes more into a playmaking forward role, the exact same role that Pascal Siakam has been playing. Like they know how to do it. They have done it for years with Siakam and Barnes is that, is he the same player? Like he's not far off it. He's not far off that same sort of style of play. Not exactly the same, but like he'll just fit into that role is my guess. And then Bruce Brown takes on the OG Ananobi sort of role as a wing defender. And then you're back to that sort of lineup, I'm, I'm guessing. But if you've got a different opinion or thought on what they're going to do, what do you think? Do you think they'll start Chris Boucher? I will, I will actually piss my pants if they do it. I will laugh so hard if Boucher becomes a permanent starter now. I will die. I just... I can't imagine bringing Schroeder, Trent, and Brown off the bench so you can start Chris Boucher or Jonte Porter. It would make no sense at all. But you know, NBA coaches, man, stuff happens. So that is where we're at with that trade. I'm going to go through the winners and losers coming up right now. Well, actually not right now because I'm going to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to big events. Why would you want to do that? We go into an event, not as a chore. We're going because it's bloody fun. We love to see entertainment. Is it sport? Maybe. Musical theater, comedy, other theater that's not musical, spoken word, rap battles, slam poetry. I don't know. Whatever tickets you want, Game Time will have access to those tickets. But it's not like other sites. It's the pick me of ticket apps because you go in there with all the different things. Lowest price guarantee. Bang, they got it. Easy. They've got the views from your seat. Wow, I can see exactly what I'm going to see here on Game Time. We love that. All in pricing. No hoodwinking. No bamboozling. 
no fake prices with fake fees on top of it. They just say, the price is 50 bucks. Can you just pay me 50 bucks? You get game time. You're bang on, mate. And that's what you do. All of these things make game time the premier place to go to get your tickets to events. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use the code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create that account, redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now we can have a look at perhaps some winners and losers. Who knows? This can change really quickly, obviously. I think there are quite a few winners and I'm not sure that there's anyone that really stands out as a pickup, which sounds stupid. I think Pascal Siakam is going to be a winner. I think you look at the way that Pacers team is. Tyrese Halliburton is the number one guy. He's not there. But is he? A high, he's not a high usage player. Miles Turner's not a high usage player. Nobody is a high usage player. So you know who's going to be a high usage player? Pascal Siakam, who was already a high usage player, like 25, 26. He might actually pump to 28. His assist rate should go way up to begin with. And then when Halliburton comes back, it probably pushes down. That's That probably happens. But I think Siakam is a winner. But you're not adding him because you've already got him. Look, he's on your team already. So that's not changed. I think his value increases, especially short-term. But otherwise, it is what it is. Shout out to Monty Williams. I think Aaron Neesmith's value goes up. Why? Because he'd play like 26 minutes or 27 minutes because they could use Neesmith. They could use Brown. They could use Heald. They could use Nempard. They could use Matherin. And they did. And now, I think Neesmith has to lock in as a starter at the three. Has to, because they need that defensive presence there. He has to start there. It's one player. And Nwora wasn't a part of the rotation, but we're talking two out, one in. So Carlisle had this reputation, deservedly, of just dicking us around with minutes all over the shop, 11 guys in the rotation, 21 day, 28 the next day, and take one club out of the bag unless... Unless Richard decides to bring in Ben Shepard into the rotation or he's going to permanently use Jarris Walker, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, I don't really see how that how that happens. So I think Neesmith locks in with more minutes and higher value. I think that Buddy Heald, Andrew Nempart, and even throw Ben Matherin into that list as well. I think all of those guys get a, um, get a bump also. Because again, you've taken Brown out of that mix. And somebody's going to have to start in that spot. It could be Nembhard later on, but I think Heald is probably your guy you look to. Heald is a better fantasy player than Andrew Nembhard. He's a better fantasy player than Benedict Matherin. But they could also move on from Bud Heald. I do think that those guys have all got a little bit of an increase in value, but is it enough to separate them? Or am I clear enough on who is going to be the very, very clear winner there to say that they're, they're must-ads? No, I'm not. The good thing about this is the paces are in the stretch of a really like, solidified bunch of games. They've got a back-to-back coming up. Siakam's not going to play the first game, maybe the first two. So yeah, Heald, Nempard, Neesmith, uh, Matherin, you grab him now. And then, then you've got him on a roster and then you can see which way you go. As to which one, honestly, I think it's so close that just go with your gut. I would, I would probably lean Heald. I've just seen him do it before. I've never seen Matherin do it. Never seen Nempard do it. I've seen Heald do it. If Heald plays 32, he will do it again. And him off of Siakam and, and Halliburton, even though, yeah, he claims he wants to be traded, I I think this team, I think it makes him pretty good. So Heald is the guy that I'd look to there. I think Scotty Barnes is a winner because A, he doesn't have to be that point of attack defender as much anymore, which should help the usage go up. And losing Siakam's 26 usage is a huge boon anyway. So he's going to gain a lot. 
he gains more ball handling because Siakam was averaging like six or seven assists per 100 possession. So that's more towards Barnes. He plays the four, more rebounds. I just think he's he, be, he becomes the clear number one offensive guy. And we saw his usage, or unless it's my mate Rowan, but we saw his usage dip significantly. So he's it's got to go up. It's great for Barnes's value. I think Bruce Brown gets value because he was like 28 minutes, 29 minutes, 30 minutes. Now, I do think he comes in and plays 32. Now, he might be moved to somewhere else and he might be a complete out, but I, I would I would add him over Nempard and Matherin for sure, Bruce Brown. Um, I just think he's going to start, play a pretty strong role and be useful enough. Could be wrong though. Very easily could be wrong. I think in um, Toronto, the other guys are winners, winners too. Jakob Pertl. He's not playing, but when he comes back, he's a winner. He's going to have less of those times where Pascal plays the five. You're not going to play much Scotty Barnes at the five, if at all. Pertle's minutes were already up. So my part of my worry when the Ananobi trade happened was that they would go small and play Siakam at the five more. And that's why I was off on Pertle's increased role. That, that, and that, there's no way that that's happening now, like, obviously. So I think that there's some real, maybe even usage or playmaking spike for Pertle because he can do that too. Really interesting. Rowan Barrett is going to get more shots. Now, is Rowan Barrett going to continue to be a 46% three-point shooter or a 60% two-point shooter? No. I guarantee you he's not. But he's going to get more touches. He's going to get more assist opportunities and probably more rebound opportunities. So it does help Rowan Barrett. Absolutely. It helps him. I actually think this trade helps Barrett more than the trade to Toronto helped him to begin with. Even though he's shot like you know, 875 true shooting since he's arrived, that's transient and fake. This one here gives him extra minutes, extra shots, extra rebounds, extra ball handling, which is all more permanent and less um, yeah, transient. So I actually think it helps Barrett quite a bit. I think it helps quickly too. Again, just taking away a 26 usage player and replacing with like, let's say at best a 20 usage player with Brown, maybe 17, 18, whatever. The shots go somewhere. Some to Barnes, some to Barrett, some to Schroeder, and some to Quickly. And Siakam initiated offense. So some goes to Barnes, some goes to Brown, some goes to Quickly. All these guys get a bump in that scenario, I think. That's how I'm viewing that. In terms of losers, well, I think the losers really are in Indiana and it's the bigs. Miles Turner probably doesn't lose minutes. He's been losing minutes anyway. But what he does lose is maybe a shot or two a game. That's not ideal. Blocks, fine, they'll stay the same. His rebounds, I don't know, that changes. That's not his strength. But he just loses a shot or two. So that is a drop in his value. Sorry, let me be really clear. Don't drop Miles Turner. But a drop in his value. The ones who really kick it in the dick are Obi Toppin, Jalen Smith, and Isaiah Jackson. Jalen Smith was starting at the four. Toppin was backing him up. They were splitting minutes. Isaiah Jackson was getting all the backup behind Miles Turner. And now Toppin, Smith, and Jackson are fighting for the 12 minutes behind Pascal Siakam at power forward and the, let's say, 21 minutes behind um, Miles Turner. So 33 minutes behind three guys. One of them might not play each night. Obi Toppin is clearly cooked in 10s and 12s and probably 14s. Jalen Smith is cooked in 10s and 12s. If he is the exclusive center backup Jalen Smith, he still can be a 14-team league guy, and this might take Isaiah Jackson out of the rotation entirely. I wanted Jackson to go to Toronto and have a real stretch at having, having a crack at value. Didn't happen. So these guys go from sharing um, all of the starting power forward minutes, Toppin and Smith, and Jackson getting all the backup center minutes to getting a 36-minute behemoth chucked in there and cutting them right off. Like that is like, yeah, not, not ideal. Just taking quite a bit off the top. So I think that that is significant loser stuff from them. I, I don't think that there is a big jump for Boucher, as I said. I don't think there's a big jump for Jonte Porter. I uh, don't think there's a jump for Otto Porter. 
but there's a lot of weird things that can still happen. So that's my initial take on this trade. Siakam, gone to Indiana. And returning, we get Bruce Brown. You get a bunch of draft picks. You get Kyra Lewis, who maybe gets some run, and Jordan Nwora, who again, they'll probably be out of the rotation, Nwora and Lewis, but they could get some playing time as well at some point. Guys, you know what to do. Be a double banger. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Subscribe. All of that stuff is really helpful. Good luck to Indiana. This does improve them. Good luck to Toronto. It makes them worse, but maybe that's what they want. Definitely what they want. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. See ya.